Hello, everyone, and welcome to our podcast, The Love and Dating Group with Dr. Dan, an industry expert. I'm very excited about this show as it will bring new insight to our many listeners about the dating challenges in the 21st century and the do's and don'ts about seeking your soulmate. Everything you need or want to learn about the how-tos of dating and relationship will be discussed here. How to avoid being put into friend zone after the first date, being catfished, con, or getting scammed, and so much more will be covered in this podcast. Toxic relationship can cause strife, breakup, or divorces. Infidelity, trust issues, trouble finances can contribute to these challenges. Guests appearing on our show are experts in this industry, sharing their insight about what you can encounter in any stage of dating, getting into relationship, and whatever else comes next. My name is Dr. Dan, and I'm your host for today's episode. I'm a bilingual cognitive behavior psychotherapist specializing in relationship, marriage counseling using the EFT method, and post-divorce strategies when transitioning back into a civil life. I provide individual one-on-one session in both French or English and also do group settings. If you need any assistance, reach out to DMV Therapy and Coaching Services at 301-325-1550 and our website is metalifecoach.online. Today, I'm very excited to have for our sixth episode of season four, a very special guest and sex therapist, Rachel Carey. And just like all of my previous episodes, I will leave it up to the guests to properly introduce themselves as no one can do a better job. Rachel, the floor is yours. Thank you, Dr. Dan. It is my pleasure to be on your show today. My name is Rachel and I'm a surrogate partner therapy practitioner. So yes, that is a type of sex therapist. Beautiful. Well, thank you so much for being a part of the podcast, Rachel. And uh, I know that uh, before our uh, our recording, you and I, we had a call, we had a discussion. So I know that you had different names. So tell me more about your life. Tell me how did you become a surrogate and let me, you know, let our listeners know more about your practice. Okay. Thank you for the opportunity. So uh, surrogate partner therapy is a touch-based therapy that helps people work through their sexual challenges and dysfunctions by utilizing touch and a clinician such as yourself to process the emotions that we are holding in our body. Um, and it, it's not just about sex. It is about like so much more than sex, but our body holds on to the trauma. You might've heard the body keeps the score. Um, and it does. So stuff happens to us, our body holds on to it. And as we grow older and mature, it manifests itself as sexual dysfunction. And that happens a lot with men and also with women, but men seem to be really concerned when once it gets to the point of sexual dysfunction. So that's where I come in. And so I utilize touch to release and to also retrain the mind and the body system to feel pleasure from touch. Because so often we shut down all feeling for whatever reason. And if we shut down all feeling, usually because we're in great pain, we also shut down feeling pleasure. So that's kind of, well, that is exactly where my therapy comes in. Now, thank you for asking how I got here. I got to this therapy through my work as a sex worker. I realized as a sex worker that most of my clients were actually seeking something other than sexual release. They were seeking a connection with another human. They wanted somebody to listen to them and they kind of wanted talk therapy. Um, and to be touched while they were doing it, which is sort of weird, but that's exactly what happened. And one of my clients one day told me about surrogate partner therapy, told me I'd be really good at it. So I found someone to train me and I got trained and I've been doing it now for about five years. 
Wow. Okay. And when it comes to the touch therapy, I mean, I know that some people like they, they offer hugs and they offer other kind of like uh, uh, practices. So does it fall under the hug therapy where people need to have this kind of like connection, body to body connection, or the sex actually always come in addition to what you offer to the touch therapy? Good question. Thank you. So, um, there's hug therapy, cuddle therapy, snuggle therapy. There's all those therapies where it's just like being held. Surrogate partner therapy is different because it follows a very strict protocol of exercises developed in the 60s by sex therapist uh, Masters and Johnson. Okay. And so that's what we follow. We've updated it for the 21st century, though, because anything that's 60 years old needs updated. So we've updated it, but we still follow the same protocol, the same exercises. So to answer your question about sex, nine times out of 10, this might come as a bit of a bummer to your listeners, but nine times out of 10, I don't actually have sex with the clients because it's not what they need. You know, they, they are married and so they can have sex with their wife or they've worked with me for a certain amount of time, six months, and now they're more confident and they go out on the dating scene and they go find a partner to experience that with. There's a few instances where I do, you know, take them to quote unquote level three. And that would, you know, I don't need to, do you want me to describe those circumstances? Um, uh, it's up to your comfort level, uh, Rachel. Okay. You decide what uh, you feel comfortable with. Sure. Um, well, just some clients, like they need that. For example, like a a man who's in his late forties, who's still a virgin. And the, the reason he came to me is because he wants to lose in his virginity. No, then we would go to level three because that's what we're here to do. But most of the time I don't, most of the time it's learning how to feel pleasure from being touched again. And then if we go to level two, that's more like concepts and theory of Tantra and moving your sexual energy and exchanging sexual energy with your partner, how it makes you feel um a little bit of skills you know some people have never done certain things so we i teach them skills okay. yeah so do couples come to you as well if let's say mm -hmm. any issues on expressing their intimacy do you teach them how to be able to kind of be more emotionally available yes thank you for that question i do we do offer custom couples um, workshops, but it's not really a workshop because it's usually just the couple and me and my partner. So for lack of a better term, we call it workshops, but we explore like, you know, we always do the five love languages first just to see if they're even speaking the same language. Cool. And then I actually go through these same uh, exercises that I would go through with an individual client. I teach that to the, the couple and then they do that with each other and they can do that on their own time or if they prefer me have me being there, we'll do it together, you know, but that's what we do for couples. And it's really, really wonderful to watch a couple that has been together for so long, like maybe drifted apart and they come closer and they learn stuff about each other. And it's a beautiful thing. But do you feel that sometime if the spouse, especially the woman, knows that their husband went to go see someone like you that offers uh, potential sex in uh, as a, a part of your practice, doesn't it destroy the relationship even more? Because then for them, this is basically straying. So how does that, how does the spouse accept that the husband will go to someone like you? 
Excellent question. Thank you for asking that. If I have a client come to me who is married or in a committed relationship, we have certain boundaries that we stay within and there's communication with the spouse. That's my number one rule because like you said, I don't want to be the cause of a divorce. I don't want to be the one that, you know, there's many manifestations of how that scenario can go down, but exactly what you said for that reason, I make sure there's communication with both partners. And if the, the wife wants to participate, I encourage it. Um, and if she doesn't want to participate, then I only take the husband so far. And that, that's pretty much level one, learning how to feel pleasure from being touched in a non-sexual way. Okay, I see. Now, I, you, you said that you are, you have a significant other, is that correct? I am married. You're married, okay. Um, so how does your husband feel about you being so open about your sexuality, you being so, um, I would say, living in a different zone kind of thing? So do they <laughs> feel a bit um, threatened, uh, intimidated? How, do, how does he react? Thank you for asking. Um, I don't want to speak for him, but the words that he has used is that he's proud of me that I'm a healer, that I'm helping people, uh, that I have a lot of love to give. And he's always known that about me. We've been together for 20 years. Wow. Okay. I'm pushing 40 so you can do the math. And, you know, I've always been this way and he still married me. So I feel like our relationship is stronger every day. Wow. So how? So what is your secret then to be able to keep the relationship so uh, with, you know, so much love and so much intimacy when you used to be working in the sex working industry or sex worker and all that. So how does that differentiate between the the men that you love and the people that you have just sex with? Thank you for asking. I think like any relationship, communication is number one, boundaries and privacy. You know, those three things really just keep it strong. Um, I know I can talk to him about anything, but there's some things I don't want to talk to him about. And because of the nature of my work, I have to have a lot of privacy because I'm exposed to my client's secrets every day and I just can't come home and blab about them. And so on his side of things, I think that helps him kind of have a compartmentalization. Like when I come home from work, I'm home from work. We don't need to talk about work. I'm here to be wife and mother. And if I'm in a bad mood, he knows it's not his fault. He knows it's probably something that happened and he can, you know, rub my back or make me dinner. And, and we do these nice things because it's a love language is, you know, my love language is acts of service. If I come home and my dishes are done and the dinner's made, <laughs> my heart explodes with joy. <laughs> What's his love language? His love language is quality time. So I know that I need to spend if I've been working too much, I know that I need to like literally put in my calendar, spend time with husband and then just spend time with him, listen to him, be with him. And that's important in a relationship is to understand that. So the languages. Do you think that has affected your intimacy with your husband because of you doing this um, for work or how does hmm. that affect this, uh, this, you know, this part of your relationship or this part of your marriage? That's a good question. I don't know if I've ever thought about that. How has it affected our intimacy? Well, we don't have 
sex as often as we used to, but I, I feel like that might be because I'm getting older and I just don't want to have sex as much as I used to, okay. like in all areas of life. Um, so I don't know if that has anything to do with my job. Maybe. Okay. Maybe that's a question for my therapist. <laughs> yes, obviously. No, but I heard that after 40 or as women get older, their their sexual peak happens after 40. For men, it declines. So that's that's how God played a really freaking game with us where the, <laughs> the men have their sexual peak at 18, 19, or 20, whatever it is. And then the, the testosterone level declines after 30 or 40. And then for women, it's completely reversed which the woman increases their sexuality past a certain age. And after, of course, menopause, that, that, that drops considerably. But how is that uh, for you? You Is it because you've had, you have had so much and you disconnected the emotional with the physical that that created that distancing between you and, uh, and the intimacy? Um, I don't know. You know, it's more of a frequency thing. It's just not as often, but it's still really hot. <laughs> <laughs> and really intense and as i mean as someone who does this for a living i practice a lot and so it's really good it's you know it's like the quality is yeah, the quality is amazing <laughs> it's just a quantity thing and that might be because i have teenage boys you yeah. know and i'm exhausted and running around crazy all the time or trying to run a bunch of businesses or whatever i think outside issues have something to do with it <laughs> So now when it comes to um, when you first start the the communication with a new client, do you mm -hmm. know, they come to you and say, hey, uh, Rachel, this is want this is what I'm looking for. Or do they eventually as they get to know you better and they get more comfortable, then they want to include the intimacy into it. Or for them, it's from the beginning. They know that it's just touch therapy and we're going to keep this as that. Good question. Um, oh, about 90 percent of the people coming in that see my stuff online, my ads or my videos, they're there for the touch therapy. Um, and then once they've contacted me, I have a protocol. So they reach out usually by text or email. And then I'll say, do you have time for a quick call then just to see if we are on the same page, answer some really quick questions. And then we do that call. Then I send them my services, the fees and the intake form. Okay. so if they're serious they'll fill out the intake form and then we'll schedule an intake appointment okay and then from that from the form and the appointment i've gathered enough information to be able to design a program uh designed especially for their needs and then we're off to the races and is it like once a week thing or is they, they come once a month what's the frequency usually good question so i live in reno nevada it's not a bustling metropolis. Um, a lot of the work I do, I have to travel outside the area and go see my clients um, all over the country, really. And so for those clients, I develop, a, it's called an intensive program. And it's over the course of two to four days. Okay. And we'll meet two to three times a day for two to four days. And it's intense. It, I mean, it is intense. It's not the best way to do something like this but it gets the job done and we'll do that. We'll do that uh, intensive, maybe two or three times. Uh, okay. Okay. Now if they're local, if they're close to me, yes, I see them every other week or once a month, depending on, you know, 
finances, schedule, etc. So but how, the best way to do it once a, once or twice a month. Okay. And how does your program design usually, Rachel? I mean, is it when you say four day intense, mm -hmm. how does someone who has developed trauma for the past 20, 30 years, for them to be able to see solution or to see changes after four days of very intense kind of therapy for them, I mm -hmm. mean, something repetitive for a few months before they can adapt a new habit and change according to your uh, protocol. So how do you, how do you change 20 years of trauma or not just this is like trauma, but maybe even uh, intimacy problem with their spouse? How do you change all that in four days? Good question. It does sound like a daunting and overwhelming task. Mm -hmm. So this is how we do it. Um, circuit partner therapy, it works on a triadic model. There's me, the touch therapist, and then we have a clinician such as yourself or like you, right? So the client gets to receive healing and feedback from two separate professionals. Now, in that four days, I mentioned levels before. There's level one, level two, level three. I usually try to structure each intensive to be a level. So the first time I see someone, we'll try to get through level one. Okay. Or work, work towards it. A lot of people need to spend a lot of time in level one because we built up these, like you said, 20 years of trauma. We built up this hard shell shield around ourselves that we need to break through. How do we do that? So I spend an hour and a half with them and we will just work just intensely on one part of the body, just feeling touch for pleasure, receiving and giving. We do these exercises. We do uh, numerous exercises. Okay. I don't want to go into too much detail, uh -huh. but uh, yeah, they can practice on their own. Okay. I can sit here and do this and feel pleasure from it just like you can, just like anybody can. So that's how, I mean, I'm not, gonna, I'm not saying that the way you heal yourself from 20 years of trauma is to sit there and rub your own arm. That's not what I'm saying, but I am saying that I teach them things they can use on their own time okay. in between our sessions together. Okay. The body takes a little bit longer to heal and to process things in the mind. Right. So the mind can grasp a concept like that and the body needs time. So we work together and then we take time apart and then we work together and we take time apart. And in that time apart, the body is working through these things. And it's amazing how much progress is made in between sessions with a client. Uh, okay. So is it something that they can master on their own quickly? I mean, of course, touching yourself is one thing versus having someone else touching you. So mm -hmm. not necessarily the same. And this is the reason why you cannot do virtual session because no one will have the same benefit if you're there versus if you're just online. So yep. uh, how do you, if, if that's the case, then when you see them the next time, do they feel, do you feel that they changed? Because there's a big, uh, there's a gap between the two times that you see each other. So in, in what change have you noticed that you say, wow, it's a big difference from the first time we met till now? Yes. So one of the first things I ask clients to do if they are doing it is to go on a porn reboot, which means abstain or severely limit your porn usage and to go on a masturbation reboot because those two things kind of go together. Someone is experiencing a sexual dysfunction and they need to learn how 
to retrain their mind-body connection to feel pleasure from touch or from sexual touch. This is the first thing they need to do. And that takes four to six weeks to really kick in. So if they start before I see them, they start this reboot before I see them, they'll be seeing some of the effects and then we'll do our touch work. And then the next time I see them, it'll be amazing the transformation that has happened if they stay on the reboot. I, most of the time, the first time we do level one, maybe it takes two or three sessions, but there's a light bulb moment. And I see it happen with every client where they're like, wow, I did not realize that it felt good to be touched. Oh, okay. And that happens. And once that happens, it's just like their brain switches over. And now they're just like breathing in pleasure all over their body. And it's just like this overwhelming transformation that happens. And now I'm doing the next level. It's like, okay, now that you've experienced this we can move on okay. and we can, you know, it's, it's at the client's pace. I see. So mm-hmm. level one to level two, is it who decides to go to this next level? Is it you or you let them, the client decide when they're ready for level two? It's between me, my clinician and the client is consulted. The client always wants to go to level two. The client wants to start at level three. They- yeah. <laughs> you know about it yes (laughs) so if they're not quite getting it if you know if there's a lot of people check out a lot of people when they're touched dissociate okay for whatever reason and we can come up with a lot i'm sure between you and i and so if they're doing that it's going to take them a little bit longer we're going to have to spend more time in level one to break that habit of checking out when someone's touching you. Okay, but then the clinician, the one that works with you, can determine mm-hmm. as to why they are so distant when they're being touched. I mean, obviously, these can be because of past traumatic rate, uh, rape that they uh, endured or something, and then mm-hmm. anything that touches them, they're going to be very standoffish. So yep. or it could be anything else. I mean, there's multiple reasons why people don't want It's like even invading their personal privacy so even they're they, they just kind of like really really freaking out if you just lay a finger on them um mm-hmm. up to you that means that they want to break that pattern they want to they want to start enjoying being touched so how did they come back to accepting that if they're so standoffish how do they come to accept being touched if they're so standoffish it takes time. And if that is the the intake form, the intake appointment will be revealed. That will be revealed to me in, in that process. And so if that's the case, we're not going to move super fast in the beginning. In the beginning, we might just do an exercise where we sit across from each other, just like you and I are. And he puts his hand on top of mine and we look in each other's eyes and we just breathe together. Okay. And sometimes that's terrifying to people. Because I'm asking them to trust me. I'm asking them to feel safe. And those are two things that they've maybe never done in their entire life. That's true. You're right. Okay. So uh, overall, Rachel, when it comes to um, to our listeners who are actually uh, wondering, especially those who has gone through very traumatic experience or those who are in a marriage that they're not really happy, they could not... Uh, they, they cannot express themselves in a vulnerable way. Um, they're too afraid to talk about sex with their wife 
or maybe the wife just doesn't want to have sex anymore. And then the guy, unfortunately, he wants, well, not unfortunately, it's normal, but he wants to be able to feel or to be more intimate, to be valued, to be desired. So how do you break that, uh, that pattern or how do you teach them to be able to kind of like be more open, more emotionally available to be able mm-hmm. to values? It's a multi-front approach. So you've said a couple of things. The woman, the wife no longer feels sexual. Maybe she never did. Maybe she's got her own trauma that she needs to work through. So I would see her separately. Okay. Yeah. And we would just work through her stuff on her time. And it's all about her. <laughs> I... It's so strange. You know, women seem to be more open about going to mental health and healing themselves. But then when it comes to sex, it's like the opposite. It's like, they're like, no, I'm fine. Yeah. I'm fine. I'm fine not wanting to have sex ever again. I'm fine with that. And it's like, okay, well, your husband's not fine with that. So we need to, you know, come to some sort of arrangement here where we can, you know, everybody's needs are at least being met or heard and it takes time but yeah sometimes it involves separating them talking to them separately and working with them separately before we even get them in the same room together mm-hmm. but then we're always going to see in couples where the, the 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 sexual desires are never in sync with each other and then the if the woman has to force herself to be able to be intimate with her husband the husband will feel it that you're not enjoying it and then said oh forget about it, screw it, I do not want to be able to be intimate, and then this is where guy go and cheat on their uh, significant other. So mm-hmm. um, is there a way to bring them back from that kind of, uh, because physiologically speaking, there's a disconnect. They're either mm-hmm. or the, the, the woman is going through, like, uh, like I said, like some mental situation that they cannot get out of, or, uh, you know, anything. And the guys, same thing as well. They cannot get erection, they cannot do anything. So how do you how do you bring them back i mean i know that you're not primarily focused on the physiological aspect but the, you more you it's more the mental so do you tell them to go see a doctor to get viagra to get like whatever it is so how do you go and work around that good question uh i i think probably that i do the same kind of things that you might do and we discuss different options and we have some open communication about reality and it's like Okay, you want to stay married? Yes or no? Mm -hmm. Um, uh, How comfortable are you with your husband seeking sexual gratification from a professional if you don't want to provide it anymore? You know, maybe they've never talked about these things because they don't want to get in trouble or they don't want to have an argument. And and so a third party, such as myself, such as yourself, just laying it out there saying, what do you think? Mm Sometimes it's gone too far. I'm sure you've experienced this where they've come to therapy too late. Yes, that's true. Yes. A point of no return. (laughs) And that happens. And it's like, well, I don't know if what I have to give is going to really help you guys. And maybe you need to move on. And how do you phrase that? You know, when you see it, when they come in, you're like, ooh. And unfortunately, you see, the thing is... uh, um, Rachel, the damage is so deep and rooted that it's very, very hard to get them back. And people, 
have the tendency, especially couples, when they come to me for marriage counseling, it's they're on the brink of divorce already. I mean, they already signed out completely from the relationship. And the only thing that, that glues them together is because of the kids. And they want to be able to stay together for the kids. But that's the wrong reason because they're going to be miserable. But they, they don't know how to be proactive. They're just reactive. To mm-hmm. So it's it's hard to change things around. You just have to basically, like you said, do a, a mental reboot or an emotional reboot about they have to start remembering when they first dated, what kind of excitement they had, what kind of activity they did to be able to get them to con- to connect. So I bring them back to do the same thing. So they have to go back, write down, like, they, they, like this is a part of the intake. I tell them, okay, focus on this, focus on that. And so on. But overall, I think it's, it's definitely a big challenge to be able to bring them back. And But you know what? Every case is different. But in your case, what would you, because we have to uh, conclude with the, the podcast, what would be the the three top or the three piece of advice that you would give all to all of our listeners that they could take home and put into practice? Okay, thank you for that. Uh, my first piece of advice is if you haven't already looked up the love languages, look it up, take a quiz with your partner and see what you can learn about each other. Okay. My second piece of advice is to, if you're in a relationship, Set aside time just for non-sexual, pleasurable touch, such as back rub night, foot rub night, or there's lots of different exercises I can suggest. Just touch each other for your own pleasure of feeling touched, holding each other's hand and stroking it. And let's see, the third piece of advice, I don't think people are going to want to hear this, Dr. Dan, but my third piece of advice is stop watching porn. Yeah, <laughs> I was about to suggest this, but I was hoping that you could say the same. Um, but uh, look, R- Rachel, I really appreciate you to be able to be a part of this podcast for today, especially. And again, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to join us and sharing your extensive knowledge in the field of dating and relationship and especially sex. Now, the many recommendations you share to our loyal listeners will help them better navigate through these choppy waters. Now, we hope that you've all enjoyed today's episode, and I'm so very excited about the many upcoming industry experts that we have scheduled for Season 4 of the Love and Dating Guru with Dr. Dan podcast, filled with very valuable tips and advice, just like the one that you listened today. My name is Dr. Dan Amzalag, and you may all stay safe, sane, and smart when searching for that special someone. Stay tuned for our next episode.